it's there we go why have i quit my job why have i you know bought a van and, and why am i going to drive around the country well i'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard and i want to stitch these stories together across the states we're going to find the commonalities and it's going to be really an amazing experience and i look forward to you joining me on the job Hey everybody, welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, I've got a good episode today. Very interesting person on. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna peel her back like an onion uh, in a few in, a, in, a, in about a minute. Um, this show is really just like I said on that little intro. Uh, this show is an output of the Jar Podcast. It's a traveling podcast I'm doing. I've got about 250 plus interviews done. And about halfway through it, I really did see the mental health crisis uh, right in front of me and stories from all my guests and their journeys. And I decided to do a little something about it, start the foundation and part of that to support that and support my own self and learning and and to give other people a platform uh, to create this podcast, uh, The Mental Health Today. And so far, we got about 60 episodes done since March 3rd, kind of a frantic, crazy pace. Uh, but it's been just a beautiful experience. I encourage you to go back and listen to just the you know the early parts of people's introductions and find some people you jive with because we really do have a lot of different people in the space doing some cool stuff. Everything from ketamine to mushrooms to um, music therapy to traditional therapies. Uh, I've kind of really had some really interesting guests on. Uh, our next guest, Dr. Amy Baker. Really cool background. She's been, you know, on. I was, I was just kind of teasing her earlier when we got on earlier, saying, you know, you're way around the corner. Most of us are just kind of coming to grips with, uh, you know, the uh, the universe and you know, kind thinking and treating people right and mindfulness and all this good stuff. And it seems you're you're a little bit farther around the corner, uh, uh, doctor. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a guest. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, why don't you share share with the audience a little bit about yourself and how did you end up in the the space and how did you end up being so cool and where did you find out about mycelium? How did that end up on your pro, <laughs> on your profile? Because you're going to be the only you're probably the, like one of two people that have got that in their on their full profile and all of LinkedIn. Yeah, well, there's there are more. They're just hiding. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks for having me. There are more. They're just hiding. Yeah. I like that. That's so cute. Yeah, yeah. They're they're underground. Like yeah. Uh, I know, but dun dun. dun dun. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so I am a pharmacist by training, and um, I've become a leadership and intimacy coach. Yeah. For many reasons, um, and just real quickly, my journey was when I entered pharmacy school in two thousand six. Okay. I knew I actually wanted to be a physician because I wanted to heal people. Okay. And I knew that dis-ease state management just didn't sound right, but I made the best of it. Yeah. Um, but that meant that I was out of integrity really the whole time. Um, but I'm glad I oh, did it man. because, yeah, because I thought this isn't what I believe health is. Yes. And I tried doing a functional medicine fellowship because we're getting more to the root of things. Mm. And after three years, I went, I'm not there. Haven't um, found your home. 
Hmm. Well, I said, you know, if, if people have unhealthy relationships, if they have violence at home, if they have low self-worth, they won't be able to advocate for themselves enough to ch- make the changes that are necessary. And then we're just throwing pills at them again. Uh, yeah, they're not there. They're not in a space to really to do it for themselves. Right. Or protect yeah. themselves from what the continuation of some cycle. They're just they're on some maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought, well, crap. Now what? <laughs> you know, like, I'm like 15 yeah. years in or 12 years in or something. Yeah. At this point. Um, and a few hundred and a couple hundred grand in, in, in education. Yeah, absolutely. At least. Yeah. Um, but then as the universe often does, it delivered to me um, the perfect storm. And um, I fell hard and fast for a guy in 2020 and got ghosted and went into extreme grief. And um, I realized I needed to work on my relationships because I kept screwing these up. So I jumped into relationship coach training. And what I realized through that and through another perfect storm afterward with my own sexual trauma surfacing and and, and working on integrating Mm -hmm. that was that, um, one, a core need of humans to feel safe in the world is safe, secure relationships. We actually, there's just this yeah, low yeah. level yeah. dis-ease when we don't know what it's like to feel seen and heard. And I had not really had that experience until this training in my entire life. Not fully. Being seen, really feeling seen and heard. Yeah. Dang, and man. Safe, secure, healthy relationship actually yes. feels in my body. And... um it became really clear to me through all my training, through my trauma integration, through learning the power of healthy, secure relationships that the core, if I'm looking at the root of health, is in a healthy and resilient nervous system, Hmm. which involves so many aspects of who we are. It's the first part to develop in the fetus. It's the messenger in and out it is. We are electrical beings. I mean, yeah, we're electrical. Right. You know, and our, to think that our brain and our mind and our gut, we realize now with science, they are all intricately connected. So when it comes to mental health, relationships are key. Connection is key. Mm. The Surgeon General just released um, his report stating that loneliness is an epidemic that we need to address as a nation. Yeah. That it's deadly that you can be alone in a relationship, that it's same as smoking 15 cigarettes a day to be isolated and alone because we don't know how to connect with each other. And you've got nobody, no other current. You're not connecting with any other piece of energy. Yeah. Like yeah. And we co-regulate each other. There's yeah, yeah. our nervous systems can co-regulate. So if someone is regulated, not that that's an ideal state, they can help some another person co-regulate and yeah through the energy yeah we actually pick those things up our body picks up so much more than we are aware Mm. of and the environment affects us nature affects us toxins so functional medicine you can work on i'm actually working on a functional functional mental health practitioner certification fmhp is easier to say to basically work on inflammation in the brain. You work on inflammation in the body, you work on inflammation in the brain. 
here's the thing. Mm. We can work on mindset and mental health all we want. But if our brain's on fire, it's really hard. Yeah. And, and I, on fire, you mean, you mean agitated or just, or inflammation, inflammation, inflammation. So, okay. Yeah. So you can create inflammation through diet. Yeah. There can be sure. parasites. There can be environmental toxins that your body's okay. overburdened with. Um, and so oftentimes working on relationships and mindset and mindfulness and all those things aren't enough. We need to yeah. put put out the fire on the <clears throat> the physical side to support the f- optimal functioning of yeah. the nervous system, which includes the brain. <laughs> People don't think of that. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, it, it is the CPU of the whole thing, right? Isn't it somehow? Pretty much. <laughs> well, in the heart, yeah. The the heart. Is, yeah. I'm. I wonder actually how much the brain. The brain is a seat of reactivity and wisdom. And what about the heart? I'm still figuring that one out. It's also pretty electrical, right? I mean, the thing is literally, I mean, without electricity, it's it's doing nothing. Well, incredibly. And, and so may, may I go into some of what I understand about mindset and how it affects our Absolutely. physiology? Let's, go, let's jump down the rabbit hole. Okay. Take us down. I tend to my, go pretty fast, so slow me get, down if, it, my, if you're like, I'm, wait. No, go fast. I'm putting my goggles on, and I've got my uh, air tank. Let's go. Oh, good, because I'm a, I'm a snorkeler, so I love diving down um, and seeing what's down there. Um, yeah. So believe it or not, every circumstance in this world is neutral. There's nothing okay. just – and actually, maybe just like – Try this concept on for size. How's that? The concept that anything that happens in this world is completely neutral until we put a judgment of good or bad on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For sure. It's just an, it's a thing that happens. It's a well. It's a em em squared. Yeah. <laughs> it's something. It's like it's it just is until it we is, decide yeah. it's good or bad. And depending on the circumstances, something may be good in one circumstance and bad in another, which means yeah. clearly it's not an all or nothing. Our brain, our amygdala, actually puts a charge, a valence, on a memory as instant we char- decide that it's positive or negative. Oh. And depending on the level of emotional charge, the valence will be higher either direction. So that's when people say it's a charged situation, they're literally talking about someone judging it good or bad. And does that stay in the, sorry, does that stay, that's how it's recorded in the brain? That's one way it's recorded. Yeah. That's part of it recording. And so, and when we are not able to handle that capacity, we shove it underneath. It goes, it goes into the subconscious. Okay. It's not just Jung talking about the subconscious, like it's an actual thing. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah, no, it's a real uh, thing. Yeah, yeah I mean, people, what, what's funny is that we have all this science, but people still think it's woo-woo, but I don't think there's anything as woo-woo anymore now that we have quantum physics. But So what happens is 
because of that charge and because it's in the subconscious or unconscious, we react to that accordingly, unconsciously. And when we judge something as good, we see all the positives about it and we're unconscious to the negatives of it. When in actuality, there's equal. Yeah, there's positive and negative or it wouldn't equal, it wouldn't be um, a neutral charge. And so we judge it as good and we're unconscious of the negatives. Likewise, if we judge something as bad or someone is bad or behavior is bad, we're conscious of the negatives and unconscious of the positives. So one of the ways to come into balance is to look at if we're, you know, putting something on a pedestal to look at all the drawbacks of it. Measure both sides. Look at both sides until what happens is, and it's more complex than that, the methods that I've learned, way more complex. But when you do that, you're bringing to the conscious the things that you had pushed down. Okay. I see. I see. To to make that measurement, you're going to bring, lift those things up out of the, out of the back inventory. Yeah. Yeah. And so suddenly it's all there and you're able to see it as a neutral circumstance, which means you're not charged, which means your vibration is higher, literally, which means you come into your heart in grace and wisdom. Mm. At that time, you go from your amygdala brain, which is your reptilian brain that is based solely on survival and releases stress hormones every time you're triggered by that charge. Yeah. Okay. When you equal it out, you move into your medial prefrontal cortex where there's wisdom, intuition, executive functioning. You make wise decisions. Yes. You're able to see the whole picture. Your mental health is better because you're able, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're. That's interesting. Well, so you're saying is, I mean, if I was to put this in practice, is even mm-hmm. things that are sometimes triggering to you or even more important, like the most important things or things that are triggering to you is to get those up and to see the good in that or the bad, like to balance that out or to examine what you're, what that emotion is that you're getting from it. Yeah. To examine the perception, our perception, the, the perception, right. The perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our perception that a behavior is good or bad mm-hmm. or that something is good or bad. Yeah. 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 Very because that, perception those judgments i mean we have those judgments so i'm not saying you can get rid of all of them but those judgments when the unconscious rule our lives and we don't even realize it half the time especially unresolved trauma and that stress that underlying stress in the nervous system creates dis-ease in the body yeah it's I mean, it's crazy. I've been listening. I just been listening to. Um, I don't know what happened, but I decided to go back old school, mm-hmm. and I pulled out some old Dale um, Dale Carnegie tapes. I don't know if you know Dale Carnegie, and or there's a you guy who used to. Yeah, there's a guy um, that used to do a lot of uh, reading for him. Uh, another another gentleman, but also wrote books, some interesting books around around some similar ideas, uh, early early stuff. This is. Not quite the source material because they were they were borrowing it, but they did a lot of the the legwork to create the source material for modern day motivational speakers and, and et cetera. And he was just talking about uh, at some point in New York hospitals, they they were reserving is words they were using half the beds for people with emotional troubles. 
and they talked about all the whole tape. I've just been listening the entire way back from my last library is talking about illness being di disease being caused by stress, you know, just, and you know, a lot of it is absolutely hundred percent avoidable. So it's, it's cool that I'm listening to you and I'm like, and, I, and I'm just replaying these little things that I just, I was like, I was just in my van. I just heard a similar conversation with this guy talking 50 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. We've known this stuff for a long seems, time. Yeah. We've known it, but it's like, whoa, we really suppress that for like 30 years, 40 years. That stuff has been absolutely blacklisted. Oh yeah. I mean, we're, we're realizing we're, we're born with, the charge of the perceptions of our mother from the womb. Yeah. yeah. Some of this stuff we don't, we're not conscious of. It's, it's encoded. Some of it is encoded in our genes. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can't work on what we can work on. And I know there are some people doing some crazy cool stuff that can, I guess, work on that too. But regardless, if we can work on what is in our lifetime, <laughs> in yeah. our, you know, from, from birth on, um, then we can do a lot of good for ourselves and for others. It's fascinating. I mean, it's really fascinating to me to think that this, these memories um, can actually make us do things that we're not really even aware of our behavior and, mm -hmm. and the th right. You know, like how it drives our behavior and our personalities. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is it's such a quick reaction um, one of the things I've done was Vipassana meditation, which is okay. amazing. So Buddha was saying what I just said in a, in a different way, um, way back where all suffering is created by craving or aversion. So if you look at something we think is good, we crave it because we feel that something's missing. Yes. Or we, an aversion cause it's bad, Right. It's, it's, it's all the same thing. And all suffering is created from this, from not being in the middle, from not being able to hold the paradox of life, to hold all of good and bad. Which means to be with everything. To sit with everything. To sit with everything and just like feel it and not react. I mean, one of the beauties of meditation is you get to feel the sensations in your body and not react. Yeah, no. yeah. And then there's this millisecond between reaction and response. And you, you build that response time or that, that gap so that you can <laughs> slow down. <laughs> so, some people have amazing reaction times, <laughs> like sport athlete level. <laughs> yes. Well, and I do still for some things. I'm not going to yeah. pretend like I've reached any all, certain yeah. level. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, I'm not there. But I've, I've that is a real thing, what you just described about being able to not react right away. I mean, you can react right away internally because that's hard to turn. That's super hard to turn off, I have found. Yeah. Uh, but inserting the dialogue in that algorithm. Right. You know, because like you have the what something happens, you get a react, you react. But immediately now I am able to insert a new chat into my brain mm -hmm. and it started off with take a deep breath, kind of this, you know, like I don't have to respond now. Like I've got all that good self. And then now I've turned it into lately. It's like, what's the universe trying to tell me? 
it's now it's not about me. It's not happening to me or around me or for me or anything. it's it's uh, it's like it's happening and there's probably a message in there or something I could learn or a sign or nothing uh, or a data point for later. Yeah, it's weird. And as soon as I did that, I start seeing it more. Mm. Like I've un- I feel like I've unlocked some another level of the video game. Yeah. Well, curiosity is a superpower. Oh, yeah. You know, curiosity. curiosity is a sign being resourced, meaning being in a nervous system. I use nervous system um, being okay. resourced and in a good place, right? Where you're more balanced and not mm. in a judge space. But I honestly feel that curiosity, like you're saying, is a resourcing capacity. Interesting. Meaning if you can slow down enough to be curious about what's happening, you can actually activate and there's probably science. I just haven't found it. Yeah, there must be science. About this. Yeah. I think you can actually activate your medial prefrontal cortex or some other oh. higher higher executive functioning to get you out of survival mode. Yeah. I that's funny. I had two I had one mantra that I that I said when I started this trip because of the the potential some of the potential for um being long. Uh, and also just repetitive, potentially repetitive. I didn't know when I started, but it was um, be grateful mm-hmm. and stay curious to not not let the repetitiveness uh, of what I'm doing, even though it's everything is different, very different. It's very I'm, every four days I change the city. I have a new hotel. I meet new people I, every four days, you know, yeah. and every, I sit down with the same jar and it's 400 questions and you know, the 444 questions are never changing, not likely, yeah. not by not by much. So like chance for me to just tune out is potentially there. Um, yeah. So the thing was stay curious. Yeah. And I was super glad I got that imp- imp- somehow, you know, inserted into my brain is something I should be aware of. I love your foresight so, there, like to see down the road and be like, okay, this yeah. could very likely happen. Let's make sure that doesn't. Yeah. And I, and I was like, what do I like? Okay. Stay curious and, mm-hmm. you know, be grateful that I'm doing Let I wake up every day and I get to do this. Totally. It's a, it's a, it's a crap ton better than my insurance job was as much as I love that work. It's not what I'm doing now. Right. That's yeah. Very different. It's very, very different, but oddly similar. It's a, it's a backstory how it is a little bit in a weird, weird, very weird way. Similar. I'm, I've designed a job that I'm the most suited person in the world for. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I, I, I put out some, I, I advertised and I, the only CV that made sense was mine. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> so what else, what else you, what else are you seeing out there when you have clients? What are they looking for with the relationship part? Is it with themselves? Is it with somebody else? Um, they want to communicate better. Usually they want to communicate better. And what most people don't realize is that we trade our true selves for connection from a very young age. And what they really, really, really want is to be true to themselves and and, and, accepted and 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 seen and have connection doing that. Being themselves. Okay, say that again, because that's I mean, it's quite powerful. First, slow kids in the room, so I can I can digest that again. So we 
we traded our authenticity for connection. Yeah, as in, in our so childhood. We, yeah, understand. So every child requires connection, attachment actually, and self-expression. As a baby, if we are not attached to a caregiver, we die. Quite literally. And if we self-express and don't get the love that we need, our nervous system says we will die because as an infant, we will. When we express ourselves as we grow and we don't get the love and acceptance and attachment that we desire in order to survive, yes. we create strategies and we do, we alter who we are to be the person we need to be to get the love we to need. Love. And that becomes our strategy. So we go like, this is our true north. Yeah. This is what our strategic self or magnetic north. And the gap between those is, is depression, anxiety, addiction, loneliness. All of these mental health issues are really because we aren't being true to ourselves. We have introjected someone else's values as better. There's a charge, right? Their yeah. values are better than mine. I'm going to forget everything that's important to me. I'm going to live according to someone else's values. Okay, and the that's... energy that creates and the stress yeah. that creates in the body. Jeez. Or the, not the energy it creates, energy it takes to be someone else. Oh, yeah, else. the energy. Yeah, the energy it takes to do that. See, almost cellular level of damage. Absolutely. I think the fountain of youth is authenticity. And I know that's an overused word right now, but if we can be 100% true to our values and to ourself yes. and still have the connection we desire and need in this world find those, while doing find that. that tri yeah, find that tribe that matters, with, that mm -hmm. matches. And learn to relate in a healthy way, accepting each other as we actually are. And not projecting our values onto someone and not taking on other people's values <laughs> with our own. Um, right. I think that's the fountain of youth because that's not dis-ease anymore. I am at ease when I am who when I am honest uh, yeah, and true yeah, to yeah. myself. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you really are, you are at ease when you are really your your genuine self. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of stress, like, oh, there's a lot of anxiety. Like, I'm going to die if I express who I really am to the person I love. I might lose them. And then what? So the, at the library just now, I was interviewing um, a mom and her daughter. Her daughter sat in on the interview. It was quite interesting. Uh, the mom had a pretty rough point where she basically was about to die. She had a heart disease. And she got down to like 20% and then down to 5%. And wow. her daughter was eight and she was in a bad relationship and she was alone. And so, you know, this, this story kind of, as we, as we talked between the two of them, the daughter basically said, yeah, I buried my, I lost my childhood at five or at eight and I buried it. And I used to be a fun outgoing kid and I'd go places oh. and I was expressive. And she's like, now I can't really make many expressions. I, I, you know, people don't know what I'm thinking. They tell me I'm cold. Mm. And so it is kind of interesting how she's exactly what you're talking about, where she's, she's just shut down completely and doesn't now, doesn't know how to turn it back on. The light's been turned off. 
and she's yeah. struggling to find her her true self because herself, whatever that was, couldn't shine with her mom going through what she was going through. So yeah, her, she didn't you know, have that support. Yeah, she could. Right. She, her mom was just, you know, barely alive. And yeah. the, obviously the dad situation was not good. There was no there was no there, if, when there was a guy in the house, it wasn't a good situation. So all that was all happening as well. So it was interesting what you just said. And I just saw that literally manifest in a person who was saying, I, I, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm now almost 16. It's time I, I like I, I need my childhood back. And it was a really yeah. cute. It was a really cute di I mean, sad for me in a way, heavy for the mom. The mom had to hear the daughter say this. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was, and you know, the mom was just cool with it. Like she was chill. Like she knew all of it in a way, but yeah, it, I think it impacted me more than the mom because I could just see the daughter and I was like, Oh man. Yeah. But well, and here, mom, yeah. here's the thing. So I love that you shared that. And that is, it's sad. And yet if I look at that as bad, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm once again, falling into a trap. Here's the thing is, I studied with Dr. John Martini. He's an amazing human being. A lot of, some of what I'm saying comes from him. Okay. And um, our voids create our values. What we feel we are missing creates what we are passionate about. Uh, Sometimes if we didn't have, if we weren't lacking something in our life at some point, it wouldn't drive us towards the opposite. You know, I, I suffer with mental health issues and depression and emotional inability. My grandmother had schizophrenia. My daughter had mental health issues. Drugs didn't do a darn thing for me. Yeah. I had, I, you know, I had eating disorders and addictions. Like I was, there's no medication that would have helped the disconnect I had from myself. Period. So. Yeah. And, and so part of the reason this is, I'm passionate about this is because of what I went through. This is, and which is so, but without that, you wouldn't be where you are today. Right. You wouldn't have and, knowledge. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have any of the credit, street cred. You wouldn't be able to go into a room and talk to a client, right? Like, yeah. And say, look, I've, someone asked me, why were you, why should you be a relationship coach? You've had three divorces. And I was like, because I've screwed up every way possible in relationship. Hell, I have hell. zero judgment <laughs> and I've turned it around. Yeah. Look at me now. That's why I'm not a, I'm not a train wreck. I'm actually a well put together human. That's, that's why yeah. I love that. That is what a great, but it's like, man, what a baller, what a baller client. Did you get him yeah. as a client? Or no, her? he was a he was an entrepreneur, is in a mastermind, and oh, he's in your it's mastermind. It's a great, it's a great question, you know. Oh, like, I, I love that guy. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I probably wouldn't like that guy actually, but I love the fact that he has that question. Well, his hash, his name has honest in it. It's he's brutally oh. honest. <laughs> so, and I'm grateful. Honest. Honest I'm to the point of well, I would say recklessness on that one because that is actually a great question for you to examine. Yeah, it is a great question. I'm glad that he asked it. Okay, I missed my time marker. Somehow oh. it flew it flew by. Um, what are the thoughts you want to what are the things you want to express? What else you want to make sure the audience knows about you or about what, what you found out, what you're working on? Um 
You know, I, I, one of the things I wanted to express that I got out was that I, I believe that authenticity and being true okay. to ourselves yeah. and right with our life is the fountain of youth and it is the root of health. Yeah. And every journey is different and our lives to, are to perfectly designed mm -hmm. to deliver us the healing we need as much as we hate dealing with it. Um, there is this crazy divine order in the universe. You know, I studied Taoism and I've done meditation and then I've studied with okay. John. Like everything I've studied is all essentially saying the same thing. The more you are able to hold and accept all of a situation, the good and the bad, the more you're able to be in your heart and in right mind. Mm. You'll be intuitive. You can take proper action on your behalf. You'll be able to hold space for others. You'll be in your heart. You'll be so, in your heart. Heart-led. Yeah, and it's not woo-woo. There's some real powerful techniques out there and people out there and community. And I'll tell you what, we are not meant to grieve alone. We are not meant to suffer alone. Hmm. And if, The loneliness, if, yeah. If you don't have healthy community, find a healthy community and mm. lean into that. And if you don't have them become the person that belongs in that healthy community, you know, um, we need that more than ever. I needed yeah. that recently and, and, and I could not have done as well going through a really painful experience without my community. Yeah, it's a it's a powerful thing having people knowing you have people who care for you, who who will be there for you. Right? I mean that yeah. gives you I mean, the strength from that that you can draw. Is yeah, powerful. we we want to know we're significant. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot of effort to show someone they are significant actually you said a couple of things um the one is you know that balance right except being able to hold space accepting the good and the bad or, or the judgment whatever whatever you know accept all things and you yeah. know some people perceive these you know something some things are good to some people bad to other people so you know being able to accept that i had this kind of theory that universe is just a sum it's it, everything balances to zero and so what you said was like really resonating with me because I've had this theory that, you know, the whole everything happens. It's just really at the end, the universe. And I did this more for my own ideal of when you don't feel like you're getting what you deserve in life or the world, right? You're doing things. That, and I like to say the universe hates an imbalance. Yeah. And it will it will it will move mountains to to fix an imbalance because it sums to zero like you were just saying everything you know it all yep. good and bad it, there's as much good as there is bad and and if it sums to zero if you create positive if you go out there with your even with your thoughts your mind your talk your relationships and you create positive energy and do positive things mm -hmm. you will you will feel the warmth of that i mean that's mm -hmm. creating sunshine and the universe is like whoa this person's over here creating way too much good stuff you know, we got to go sort that out. <laughs> like they're creating a they're creating a problem that's an imbalance now, right? Mm. So they got to go kind of reward you for this. You know, they got to kind of offset your carbon. You're kind of offsetting your carbon. Well, and that might just be that you're putting positive on a pedestal. Mm. 
So okay. positive thinking is putting, if when it's putting positive on a pedestal as better than the negative, that, yeah, we are just, we're creating more of that dissonance. Mm. So and more it, good, not, not the visual things, but more good things, actions, doing good. Yeah. Being good. But, but that's also putting good. It depends on, yeah. If you're yeah. putting, Oof. if you're putting action, <laughs> an action as good. Yeah. You know, versus, I am creating. versus from my heart. Yes. Then you're potentially creating more of that dissonance in yourself and that imbalance. Mm. And I don't want to, you know, that I don't want people to be like, oh shit, what am I doing now? <laughs> to worry. <laughs> um, just know that like people know when they, usually when they fall into their heart, there's yeah. a tear of gratitude. Gratitude is a sign of falling into the heart. Mm. Gratitude and inspiration. I love those. So, yeah. Well, I went to class again. Now okay. I got. <laughs> I well, for, I had to say first off, I'm really I'm super impressed that you were a pharmacist and you felt that you were not in your right place. Um, yeah. And yeah. man, despite all the the logical reasons to stay and make money and put your twenty years in, and then go do it, you know, and know, wow. Yeah. You threw all that away to follow, follow your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I had great pay, eight weeks PTO. Anyone else thought I would have thought I was crazy. So. Yeah. I have, have a few people look at me and thought I was crazy when I did this. So you <laughs> don't, don't worry. No judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> Just, the only thing I'm going to judge you on is the level of crazy. Like, was it yeah. crazy enough? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I sold everything and hit the road as a nomad. Is that crazy enough? Oh, you, uh, oh, you would know. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yours, all right. You're that's crazy enough for me. All right. You meet, you meet, my cra you meet the crazy bar for Ken. Sweet. Um, Amy, any other last thoughts you want to impart? Any other how how do people find you? Um, I'm Amy Rx Baker everywhere on social. I did, I did all this and I forgot to put your brand up. There we go. Ah. <laughs> Amy Rx Baker. Um so yeah, I'm working on a program uh for women right now who okay. to live in love on their own terms, um, stop giving away their joy, their power and their safety. Um, like I used to do. And, um, yeah, and I'm really focused on shifting how we view health in society Yeah, and looking at what's working versus what's not and working, looking through the lens of the nervous system at our health. And so I don't know what that looks like yet, but that's, Still that's cool. my, that's my true north. That's your true north right now. I love it. Well, I, I hope everybody can find their, their true north. And if, you know, and in that process, maybe close the gap on the other, you know, close that gap, right? Between your true yep. north and, and what your what the role you are playing in life now mm -hmm. and and closing that gap to your true north. Yeah. And find that your mental health gets much, much better. Yeah, and you probably won't be, and you won't be sick, and you won't have disease, because yes. all that stuff is is definitely at. A, I really do believe that happens at a cellular level. Oh, there's um, plenty of research. It's just not. It's kind of kept under wraps for the most part. Yeah, uh, we don't want. Nobody wants to disrupt. We got a we got a multi multi trillion dollar health health industry. You know, healthcare industry and drug industry that we are. You know, we don't want to be going off crazy, Amy. 
and do anything right. crazy like you nothing, know, nothing a, witchy or anything like that. <laughs> we don't want to give people the keys to the to keys to the, the the health, you know, the health kingdom because I got like a billion dollars in drugs to sell this year. And yeah. you know, we got a lot of cancer to treat. And there's a lot of money in cancer research and treatment and whew, that's a big business. It is. Not much incentive to solve it. Not much incentive to cure cancer. I can say that there's way, way more incentive to keep it going than there is to cure it. Well, and here's the thing. One last word, if I can. Yeah. Healthcare is sick care. It's it's it's, sick it's, care. it's, it's yeah, very sick good care. at taking care of really sick people. Yes. If we can just take the burden that it's trying to take on of social determinants of health and, you know, uh, homelessness and domestic abuse, some of these things it's trying to take on, put it back in the hands of society yeah, and help each other out. We'll unburden the system <laughs> and we'll yes. help each other be healthier, more sovereign individuals who are unmanipulable by technology and yeah. rhetoric and all the things that um, manipulate our brains because we won't be polarized in our brains. Boy, that polarization thing sticks with me when you just said that thing about, you know, boy, the whole, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of life that is well presented as polarized. It seems to be a kind of a good formula. It is. It's a great way to, to appeal to people's animal brains. It's absolutely. Activate survival mode so that they're, they, they have, there's one, it's black and white thinking, one solution yep. versus hmm don't want people thinking okay i'll stop <laughs> i could go on for days <laughs> yeah you oh you and i could go down that rabbit hole i have a feeling amy awesome chat and uh yeah, thanks, thanks very much for being a guest uh thanks everybody for supporting the um the mental health today show uh please do uh share this episode and invite other people to come watch them when we're on linkedin uh facebook and also youtube and then do find us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts as well. This show will be there in a few weeks. And this one is live sitting around somewhere in the ether as soon as we hang up. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hang around, Amy. I'll see you in 30 seconds. All right. Thank you so much. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.